You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, good morning, church. This is very odd. Okay, I'm, I'm talking to a, a phone that is on a, a music stand in a very empty room. And this is not at all how I thought our first Sunday together would go. But I am continuing to count my blessings that the Lord has allowed us to even have a platform that we can minister with one another even in these times of social distancing and having to be apart. I'm so grateful that we have the resources that we have to be able to do what we're doing right now. You know, I know that there's a lot of talk about the reopening of things and and churches are gathering together again, but in looking at the guidelines and the recommended guidelines from our government in the state of Texas, that is just not something that we can really meet with any real functionality at all, honoring a 25% capacity while also honoring the social distancing. It's not something that we can do right now in our facilities and with the resources we have currently, but what we can do is we can continue to expand our online platform, make that better, because I believe very soon we're going to be able to gather together in person again, but until that moment, we're just going to continue to move forward. We're not going to take any steps back. We're going to continue to move forward in what the Lord has given us and how He's allowed us to minister uh, to one another and with one another, and so this morning, I am just grateful that I can come to you as your pastor and bring a word that the Lord has laid on my heart for several weeks, and I'm just so excited that I have the opportunity to bring it. And I want to thank Randy for last week's word. Man, what a powerful word. If you haven't heard that, this first part of the sermon may not make a total, uh, a whole lot of sense, but go back and listen to that if you haven't. And if you have, you'll remember this conversation about living in the, in the flow of things. When he used this, this oil field uh, description for understanding the flow and release of being poured into and then allowing what the Spirit of God pours into us and then flow out of us. But what we see is we see that people have closed off the valve. They've closed off the flow. And so what they're doing is they're no longer being poured into. They're just living in the small amount that they have right then and there, and no one else gets to experience it. But we know that if we're meant to live within a river, then we're supposed to be receivers and also givers, that it would flow into us and immediately out of us. We've used this uh, analogy and this example before many times. Randy has taught us this, that if we were a cup under the faucet, turning and leaving that faucet on because the Lord doesn't ever stop pouring into us or pursuing us. He wants to pour all of himself into us. But if we remove ourselves and start operating within the cup, what we end up seeing is we see people that get burnt out. We see people that get tired and exhausted because their relationship with the Lord is based on their effort. And they're not living in the overflow of that cup that if you left it under that faucet and began to overflow out of the cup, that's where we're supposed to live. Because when we live in that place, we never stop receiving what the Lord has for us. And I love that. And it clarified something so profound for me, this word that the Lord had given me for several weeks. But 
he took it a step deeper, as he often does with this word that he gave Randy last week. And this word that he gave me was focused around a single word that I, I, when I first started to recognize it in myself, it made me very angry. It made me very angry that I would allow this to exist within me. And it's this word discouragement, and I know that you can recognize that, that you can, you can come alongside me understanding in this season what that discouragement feels like, this discouragement that we can't be together, this discouragement of our economy and the way things are headed and the way things are being handled. There's just a lot of things that can easily discourage us. But what I want you to remember is that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy through fear, doubt, and division. And what he's using as the gateway for fear, doubt, and division is discouragement. And so what that does is that then has us clinch to what we have with a closed fist. And it has us close off the valve that what the Lord has given us, ooh, no, 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 it's not leaving. Now I'm guilty of this as well. I've lived with discouragement in this time, but the Lord was very quick to come to my rescue and make sure that that did not exist in me. And how He did so was He reminded me and He showed me of what He is doing right now in this season that we find ourselves in. This is unprecedented times. We know that. We've heard that basically every day since it started. There's nothing quite like what we're living in right now. And praise God for that. Because that means the Lord is doing something in this time that we have not yet seen. We have not experienced for ourselves. This is unfamiliar territory. And in unfamiliar territory, how, how many of you remember that that's where the Lord calls you higher? He's calling us to the next level. That is always unfamiliar territory. We're never supposed to live comfortable. The Lord is calling us higher into unfamiliar territory and praise God because that means we're going into a deeper understanding of who He is, who we are in Him, and what He's doing. So this morning, I just want to talk to you. We're going to look at one passage. We're going to look at Romans 8 if you want to go there with me right now. We're going to look at this one passage that I think the Lord led me to. It's just absolutely beautiful how perfect it is for the days that we find ourselves in. And all these words that he had given me, all these examples, everything that he told me about what he's doing in this season that we find ourselves in right now are found in this passage. They're reminders. That's so exciting for me to be able to read that. And I, I'm going to read that over and over and over each and every day that it would continue to be foundational for me and that I would take every step, every breath of every day recognizing that the Lord is still in the business of expanding His kingdom. He is still working in the hearts of those who love Him. He is still doing everything that He's promised He would do in this body and to individual believers across the world. He is still in the business of being who He is. And so I'm really excited to share this word with you. So Romans 8, we're going to start in verse 18. And again, we're going to be looking at, through this passage, we're going to be breaking it down and looking at specific moments where the Lord has told me specific things that He said He is doing in this season. 
And I know these are all things that you yourself have seen and you yourself can give testimony to. So I'm very excited to share this with you. And uh, let's just get in it. Romans 8, verse 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. What the Lord told me to start. And I mean, what, what a verse to kick that off. I told you that this passage was going to talk about the days that we're in. What a, what a start, right? That, I mean, that was testimony right there. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. What the Lord has shown me is that He is pursuing the individual in this time. There is no escaping God in the mundane of a busy schedule and uh, in, in, in focusing on, on jobs or hobbies or anything like that. A lot of that stuff has gotten shut down and you've been forced to be at home. And what the Lord has done in that time is He is hyper-focused on the individual. He is hyper-focused on restoring the family, restoring the household. The Lord has been in the business of pursuing the individual in this time that we find ourselves in. And I don't know how to say this exactly. It's in my head very clearly, so I hope it makes sense to you as I say it. But the Lord has told me that He's passionately pursuing the individual. He is doing significant and mighty things in the lives of the individual. And we know that anything that we desire to see corporately when we gather together again, must first exist in the individual. It can't be released to the corporate body if it doesn't first exist in the individual member of it. It has to exist in the individual member of the body of Christ before the full body can operate in it as one. So with that being said, each day that passes that we don't get together, I find myself encouraged. Not because I don't get to be with you. Because I want to be with you. I want to see you. I want to hug you. I want to laugh and cry with you. I want to sing praises to our God with you. I want to look at the Word of God with you. And walk in revelation and obedience with you. Side by side. Now we can do all those things, but I want to do them side by side. Again. But each day that we don't get to do that in person. What the Lord has shown me is it's something to be encouraged about. It's something to rejoice in because that means that is one more day that he's had with the individual life. That is one more day that he's had to be able to hyper focus on this person that cannot escape from him anymore. This person that can't put him in the Sunday morning only box. Can't escape him in this time. And that is exciting to me because what that says to me is that he is expanding so mightily, so heavily, the individual heart. He is taking them into the depths of himself that they have not ever dreamed they would go. And I'm speaking testimony right here. He is taking me to places. He is solidifying things in me. He's reclaiming territory in my heart. And he is taking me to places within his heart that I had not yet been. And so with that, the deeper and deeper that I go as an individual, the more powerful and the deeper we get to go as a corporate body. 
So if he's working in the individual lives right now in this season, in this time where we don't get together, then every day we don't get together is not to be something that we're discouraged about, but rather a victory. That we would rejoice that the Lord is doing something mightily in the life of the individual. And oh, what a glorious day. If there's this many days between us gathering together again, and then that moment comes where we get to gather in this building once more. What a powerful release of heaven. I was talking to Randy about it last Sunday. I feel it welling up so big in me of what he's going to release when we gather together again. What that's going to be like. The absolute freedom that we'll encounter. The truth that we'll encounter. The Spirit of God. I told him, I don't have confidence that the physical structure of this building will be able to contain it. I feel like the, the walls themselves may shake and crumble as the children of God gather together again. He is working mightily in the life of the individual. And that is so exciting to me, so encouraging to me. So continue to join with me. Intercede with Jesus in this time in the Holy Spirit. Be that third member that we would intercede on behalf of the individual lives. That the prodigal sons and daughters that would seek to return home on this highway of holiness, that this would be the moment that He's reclaiming that territory this would be the moment of revelation where they would think to themselves, I need to return to my father's house. So that when that day comes and they actually start traveling down that highway of holiness, we can meet them as the father did. Cloak them. Put a cloak over their shoulder, a ring of authority on their finger. Speak to the truth and the identity of who God has created them to be. So rejoice with me in this time as the Lord is working mightily in the individual. Verse 19. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But would it, but if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Are we hoping for what we can see or what we cannot see? When the Lord asked me this question about gathering together again, do you hope to gather together again in the same manner that you gathered before this? That's what he asked me. Ooh. No, I don't. Because I refuse to take any steps back. I refuse to believe that the Lord has stopped working in our hearts and in our lives. Even through this, that the Lord has stopped releasing His truth and revelation and freedom to the people that would gather in this building to our communities. He has stopped. I refuse to believe that He has stopped using us in our daily lives that we would not walk in obedience any longer. Because we can't gather together 
for an hour on a day at the end of the week. I refuse to believe that. I know you do too because I know and I've heard testimony of what the Lord is doing in your lives. And if I hadn't heard any testimony, I can speak from my own experience that the Lord is moving in a mighty way in my life, in my family's life. So with that being said, I no longer hope for what I can see. I hope for what I cannot see. I hope for a church that I cannot see that I have not experienced. And I hope for an encounter and a release of heaven in this place that we've not yet experienced. And that's exciting to me. So do you hope for what is seen or what is unseen? Hope. This is a beautiful lesson that Jay Winfrey, our worship pastor, taught me. Hope. When you hope for something, it's it's like there's a string attached to it and you're holding the string. It may be far off, but you're still holding the string. There's authority in it. It's already mine. I already have ownership. It's just not with me presently yet. But the Lord is bringing it. So hope for what is unseen. Hope for what the Lord is going to release in this place. Hope for what the Lord is doing in our communities that we cannot see. Hope for what the Lord is doing in the individual lives right now that we cannot see. Hope for the things that are unseen. Because in that, there's patience. I can wait a little bit longer. Because I hope for what is unseen. And I hope and I believe in power and authority as a son of God that the Lord is doing mighty things in the lives of individuals, in our community, in your hearts, in my heart. That he would establish something new in this place that we would continue to move forward. That's what the Lord has been in this whole process of of transitioning ministries and everything that we're doing, everything that's going on. And Randy going from head pastor to now this this ministry of identity, full-time deliverance. And everything that we've been doing and everything that the Lord has been establishing, it's always been that we would continue to move forward. We would take no steps backwards. We would continue and stride to move forward with what the Lord has for us. And so I believe that we're still moving forward. That the Lord is still expanding His kingdom in sundown, in Lubbock, in all of these places that you're listening right now, that the Lord is expanding and establishing Himself in these places in a mighty way. And that when the church gathers in freedom again, it would be a different church. I'm not just talking about right here in this building. I'm talking about the church across the world. That when it gathers in complete freedom without any restriction again, that it would be an awakening. It would shake the earth like never before, because we have been moving forward and the Lord has been establishing something in us. The Lord has been establishing this Acts 2, 42. This church that operated in unity of spirit without one leadership, without just a head pastor telling them what the Lord was saying to them, but that they were operating in complete unity with the Spirit of God and with one another, operating in obedience in every aspect of their life together because the Spirit was giving them direction and guidance individually 
We saw it corporately. Now imagine that worldwide. Imagine that first Sunday back. What will that look like across the world? The Lord has continued to move us forward. So hope for what is unseen. But what is coming? And what is yours to hold on to? It is yours. Hope for what is unseen. Hope for what is coming. Verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Now, this is big, and we've looked at this before, but before we keep reading, right here in this verse, uh, verse 26, it says that the Spirit Himself intercedes for us. And then we'll see it in verse 34. That Jesus, sitting at the right hand of God, is also interceding for us. So if you had any doubts about this, this intercessory team that is in heaven interceding over you right now, it's right there, laid out before you. Okay, reading on. Verse 27. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that, the, that for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to His purpose. What He's told me He's doing right now in this season, in this time. That He is solidifying His promises in His children. And I'm not just talking, this is a general promise. This is a promise that is to all believers. This is for all of us. And look at the hope, look at the, the peace that is found in this in verse 28. That we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good. Even now, in the midst of the chaos we find ourselves in, all things. He is working all things for the good of those that love Him. He did not orchestrate this crisis, but He is working it for the good of those that love Him. That is a promise. and He's solidifying that in you, in me. He's solidifying that in us. He's solidifying His promises in believers. But not only that, take it a step further. Now think of the promises He's spoken over this house. He's solidifying those now. Solidifying those in the hearts of His children that gather in this place. That we would be the fourth pillar on the next great move of God. And it's not ever to be a, we are going to be anymore. We are the fourth pillar. That's what he's doing. He's moving it from a distant thing to a present thing. That his promises that he's spoken, that we've looked at out there, like they're in the outfield, no more. They're right there, present. It is current. It is what he's saying about right now. That we would be this community's church. That's right now. That this community's heartbeat would beat in unison to the Father's heart as we walk in unison to his, to his heart. That would be true right now. That this body of people would be the hope of those in our communities. Not because of anything we do or who we are by ourselves, but because of what the Lord is doing in us and through us 
and allowing us to be a part of. He is making those things present and true, a new reality for us now, not a distant future, but that something we would stand on foundationally. And I hope you're saying amen where you're sitting. I hope you're getting amped up. I am. I'm so excited that the Lord is establishing that in us, that this highway of holiness that we've talked about It's here. It's constructed. The Lord is doing it, and there are people traveling on it. There are people traveling on it. These are present things that we are entering into. No longer a distant thing, present things. He is solidifying His promises in His people that they would stand firmly on these promises that God has spoken to us and that we would know Him and His faithfulness in a different way in a deeper way because we've encountered it in an unexplainable way. That's where we're finding ourselves right now. Let's read on. Verse 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? No crisis can be against you if God is for you. You are His children. He provides graciously and abundantly for you in will. Rest in that promise. He is for you and He is a perfect Father. And you are His children. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously graciously give us all things? Do you rejoice in that? Do you rejoice in these promises? He did not spare his only son so that he could have you. So that he could have the job of being your father. He wanted that. He wanted you to be His. And if we are His, then we are His to provide for. And He is providing. I don't know all circumstances for everybody, and I know there are some dire circumstances. But let me remind you that Peter walked on the water in the midst of a storm. Only when he began to focus on that which surrounded him, which had surrounded him already. It's not like the storm just all of a sudden appeared when he was out in the middle almost to Jesus on the water. The storm had been raging the whole time. But when he took his eyes off Jesus, when he took his eyes off the promise of his Savior, that's when he began to sink. Don't sink, but remember the promises of God. I'm speaking this to myself just as much as I'm speaking it to you. Remember the promises of God. You are His, and He is for you. And He did not spare heaven. He gave it up for you. The Prince of Peace, He let be sacrificed for you. He will see you through this time. This will not be your end. 
He's just bringing you to a new level. You are continuing to go from glory to glory to glory. Rejoice in that, that he's taking you higher than you ever thought possible. Verse 33. Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is it to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised. Who is at the right hand of God. Who is indeed interceding for us. The second member. We know that the Spirit of God intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And now we know that Jesus sitting at the right hand of God is also interceding for us. Verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed day long, all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37, no. That's a big no. That's a powerful no. I like that one. That's a big no. Verse 37, no. In all these things, we are made more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. Another promise. You will not be dismayed. You will not be destroyed. You are made more than a conqueror. Through him who loves you. Through him who loves us. Verse 38. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. There is nothing that will separate us, nothing that will prevent Him from working in us except us. We have to live open. Even in times of distress, even in times of worry, as Randy talks about this, when you're flying on that plane, you hit that air pocket, you drop down, you clinch, trying to bring some steadiness to the shaking. Live open. Let him bring the steadiness into your story. Allow him to pour into you freely and then allow it to flow out of you freely. Let him build it. Let him build it. Whatever it is that he is building, we can be sure it is good. Because we know in this place, we know that it is so sweet to trust in Jesus. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus. I know that every one of you right now is in agreement with me there. That it is so sweet to trust in Jesus. So trust in him now and let him build it. Let him build what he wants to build in your heart so that he can build what he wants to build in all of us together. Let him build it. Let him help you. Let him present himself to you as this good and perfect father. Give him the opportunity to answer every need. Give him the opportunity to provide for you greater than you could ever imagine. Let him live open. Let him pour into you freely, that it would flow out of you freely. In this crazy time, I've spoken a lot about it, but the Lord wouldn't let me not. 
in this crazy time. May the world find stability, joy, peace, hope in his people, in us. Because we reflect a God that is not shaken. A father whose love is unshakable, unmoving, unwavering. Only way to do that is to live open. You know, I've had, the Lord speaks to me pretty powerfully through songs, through worship songs. Um, He oftentimes presents his heart for his people on where, where where he wants his people to be. Through songs. The, the praise that's necessary for us in this time. What he wants to see reflected in, in our hearts. He brings that to me through worship. And what I've just been proclaiming as my personal anthem in this time. In the last few weeks. As the Lord has been building this word in me and revealing this word to me for this morning. What's been playing in my head over and over and over again. Because we know we've sung this song. This is how I fight my battles. We've sung that song. And how, how we fight? We praise the name of Jesus. We praise God. Despite everything going on around us, we praise Him and we rejoice and we give Him glory and honor. So in that, in that mentality, in that heart, this is what has been on my mind. I'm not going to sing it for you. I'm not like Randy who can just do everything really, really well, including sing. Um, But this has been my anthem. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise his name forevermore. For endless days we will sing your praise, O Lord our God. It's been playing in my head over and over and over again. And I pray that that would be found in you this morning and through the rest of this time that you would find yourself arms wide open, praising God for everything that's going on and in spite of everything that's going on, praising God, knowing now that He is moving in power. He's moving in the life of the individual. He is is teaching us of hope and what He wants to do in His body. He he is solidifying in us the promises of God. And he is building something far greater than we could ever imagine. So in that, praise the name of the Lord our God. Praise his name forevermore. For endless days, we'll sing our praise to our Lord and our God. Again, I wish I could be with you. I wish this... Wasn't the way, but I'm grateful for what he's doing nonetheless. I'm grateful that he is removing this worship of this hour of church. Not not in our house, but that he's across the world just destroying this mentality, mentality that he only moves on a Sunday morning from this time to this time. Or that's the only platform that we allow him to speak in to our story, not anymore. But what that does is that builds a unity in the Spirit because that builds a people that are walking with Him every day, just not for a day, but every day, not for a single day, but for every day. 
and it's building unity in the Spirit. So I'm so excited. You will not find me down right now. I am excited that the Lord is moving and how He is moving. Again, I, I just I, I thank you for your patience with us. I thank you for your love for one another in this. Oh man, seeing you guys at the parade was, oh, it made my heart rejoice. Just to see familiar cars, even though I couldn't gather with you or to see you drive by, I, was, I just wanted to stand on that corner. I just wanted to see you. And I was so excited to do so. Lord, we just thank you for all that you're doing in this body, all that you're doing in this community. Lord, far beyond what we can imagine, you are moving. Find us living openly that you could pour into us freely and that it would flow out of us freely. Lord, we will praise your name every day for endless days. We will praise your name for your good. We will stand on the promises of our King. Stand firm on the promises that you have spoken to us, that your word is so richly full of. We can read this word and read of your promises, but we can also recall the promises that you have specifically spoken over this house and the people in it. And we will rejoice. Because you spoke those knowing that this day was coming. And so you are still on the move. Your kingdom is still expanding. And I pray that you would find us ready and willing to be a part of whatever you're doing next. Give us eyes to see, ears to hear how we can be a part of what you're doing. A part of what you're establishing, Lord, right now in this time. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.